Welcome to the latest podcast from Extra Expertise. Today, we're looking at the theme of people's worry and stress about returning to work after the weekend, known as the Sunday night blues. This is the subject of ongoing research by the University of Exeter Business School in partnership with Channel 4 and Investors in People. I'm joined today by Professor Ilka Injolo from Exeter, Kirsten Ferber, People Director at Channel 4, and Paul DeVoy, CEO at Investors in People. A very warm welcome to all three of you. Thank you for joining Extra Expertise today. If we could start off, I guess, with the kind of obvious question people want to know about, which is how would you define the Sunday night blues? Perhaps, Ilka, we could start with you. Well, I would start with, yeah, what is the individual experience like? And it seems to be different for many people. I mean, some don't experience it, but a lot do. And for those who do, it's really a preoccupation with the week to come. So you're basically already thinking about work without being back at work. And feelings can include anxiety, dread, um, thinking about events ahead in the week. And it seems to be particularly worse when people have a busy week ahead and they also feel they are firefighting so it's a sort of sunday night scaries would you say yeah i mean sunday evening blue sunday scaries and one thing we found is that it doesn't start in the evening for everyone some people start experiencing it in the afternoon on their sunday and some start even thinking about work sunday at well sunday lunchtime Kirsten, do you have anything to add to that? What's your your thought about this subject? Well, it's probably very similar, but maybe with a different take. It's, I think simply it's that feeling which you may get on a Sunday afternoon, a Sunday evening, that pit in your stomach of, oh, goodness, I'm going to work tomorrow. What do I need to start thinking about? And you're starting mentally to start work. And you'll hear later, I'm sure we'll talk about it with the research. I love my job and I still have that feeling. Interesting point. Yeah. Paul, obviously, from investors and people, this is a key subject for your organisation. I'd be interested in your take on it and actually for all three of you, why the three partners came together. That'd be great to hear. My thoughts on it are very similar to Kirsten's and Elton's. The only thing I would add is that anything that has an impact on people and experience of work in a positive way, I think is something that we should pay attention to. And the research has clearly shown that this is quite a widespread phenomenon. So therefore, it's something I think it's well worth us collectively doing something positive about. Great, thanks. And if you wouldn't mind talking about actually how this partnership came about between obviously Exeter from from the academic side, Channel 4 and IIP, that would be great to hear. Firstly, we've been talking a lot around how we're all very passionate about how we can make the world a better place to work in. So this partnership's been very, shall I say, organic. Starting off with, I suppose, from my perspective, I'm very, very passionate as a people professional around cultures and organisations and how they can really support people doing their best work, which is really important given all the competitive nature out there at the moment. And blogging around that and really opening this idea up about, oh, Sunday night, blues, what does that mean? And, and getting quite a bit of traction around it. So I was talking to friends and family. And then... I was very lucky to meet Ilka, which we were just saying was just about a year and a half ago now, wasn't it? And I said, look, I don't know if there's anything in it. What do you think? And then we started talking and like, oh, there's some opportunity to do some research here. And then at the same time, 
Paul, you then started to go, oh, this sounds really interesting for our, you know, your community. And then how the three of us really getting our arms together around, okay, what can we do here to really understand what Sunday Night Blues is? And importantly, what can we do about it? And that's why it's it's such a great partnership to have three different perspectives in terms of how we can really make an impact of the world of work. I was very struck by something you said at the beginning, Kirsten, about you love your job, but you very much experience this as well. So I guess with that in mind is how common do you think this phenomena is? Is this something that a lot of people are experiencing? Well, I will start off and then I will pass to Ilka, who is deep into the all of the focus groups and the research that's happened so far. But what I found was very, very interesting in terms of talking to my professional colleagues at work, within the HR network, within families and friends. But the first thing people said, and actually Paul, we were laughing about this the other day, wasn't it? About, oh, Sunday Night Blues. Before you say anything, people then start sharing their definition of what it means to them, which is very, very individual and personal of how people spend their Sunday night. And for me, then I started to think, well, actually, this really is something here. And how can we really, really get underneath that? I mean, Ilka, then you're deep into, you've been learning a lot, haven't you, in terms of talking to people? Yeah, it's fascinating. So anecdotally, so many people seem to experience it or know someone who does, or they experience it at some point in their lives. And in our interviews and focus groups, we found that a lot of people said they were experiencing it. And I know that the government launched a campaign in the autumn last year, so 2022, where I think the figure they came up with one in seven experiences it or has experienced it. And um, there are also people who say they don't experience it, but that their Sunday night is the most unpleasant evening of the week because of all the preparations for the week, including home admin and somehow mentally or even practically preparing for work in the coming week. I think, Kirsten, you said that, that it's very much an individual experience. So I'm presuming for some people at one end of the spectrum, it could be a slightly unpleasant feeling. You've had a great weekend and you're back to your commute tomorrow and going to work. For other people, the other end of the spectrum, it can be quite debilitating. So to what extent in the research thus far are you finding how badly it is affecting some people? Yeah, so for some people, it was just low mood because they had an amazing weekend. But then some people we interviewed said that it affects their sleep, that they also get high blood pressure, worrying about work. So it's the whole spectrum. And what we want to look at in the next stage of research, we have collected data is to see what the impact is on your Monday. And one thing that has come through the research we've done to date is it can also impact your, your personal relationships, being with partners, families because you're already either working and so you are actually not spending time with others on the Sunday or you may be physically but not mentally present with them. Paul, if I could bring you in at this point. So thus far, we've talked about the individual perspective of people not looking forward to going back to work. But from an organisational standpoint, what would you say are some of the effects of this phenomena on, on organisations and how organisations are structured and how they balance, I guess, aspects like the so-called work-life balance? I think most organisations are interested in productivity, coming at it from a hard-headed point of view, and anything that means that when someone's arriving at work, 
on a Monday morning and not presenting the best version of themselves, then they're not going to be as engaged or productive as they otherwise might be. So from a hard-headed business point of view, I can see exactly why it would be something that you would like to learn more about. But something we were discussing earlier today is it's actually a useful way in to discuss wider issues that are less threatening. So you can use it as like a kind of amber flag to say, well, if someone's experienced the Sunday Night Blues, there may be other more deeper issues at play here that aren't manifesting themselves yet. And it's a chance or an early warning system to start probably some really important conversations. I think it starts to really pave the way why this research and the work we're doing is so important for the individual, as to Paul's point around so they can be their best selves and do their best work and organisationally in terms of productivity and also in terms of preventative around people's mental health. And if you add all those things into the mix, that is something that we should all really, really be focusing on and all really making a difference to because it's so critical. One of the things that I'd love to ask all three of you is what your thoughts are on how COVID affected how large parts of the population work with, you know, obviously we all went into lockdown. Many of us started working from home. We're now back to a situation where you know, a lot of people divide that. Let's say the boundaries between an office and home are kind of blurred. So I, I guess to what extent do you think the pandemic has accelerated this phenomenon? One thing that came through in the interviews and focus groups is that through the pandemic, yeah, as you said, the boundaries have become more blurred and that seemed to have contributed to this feeling of always on culture. Also often, as we discussed a lot today as well, the issue of receiving and sending emails over the weekend and not being able to completely switch off. Or maybe you are able to switch off on a Saturday, but then Sunday is the day where mentally already think you should be engaging with work to stay on top of things, which is counterproductive because then you cut short the time you need to recharge your batteries and that affects your Sunday evening and well possibly also your Monday morning. And do you have the sense that this is what I would call more of a modern issue driven by things like being online email? I guess it's difficult to answer but if we were to go back free digital communication is your sense that this has been something that has developed because of the kind of online culture we all benefit from in many ways? I very much remember the pre-digital age and it was definitely a thing before then that I thought of feeling a dread. One of the other things we talked about this morning was being at school and the dread of going back to school on a Monday morning. So I think it's definitely always been a phenomenon, but how we deal with it now and in the context we're operating now is something that we need to pay attention to. Yeah, the thing going around in my mind, Paul, is that going back to school, which I'm sure a lot of people listening to this would be very familiar with, obviously the research is ongoing, but... What would be interesting at this point is to find out from you some of the kind of key findings to date based on the focus groups that you've had thus far. Basically, there seem to be individual factors that play into it and work-related ones. So individual ones are self-imposed expectations, worrying about whether you're still doing a good enough job, imposter syndrome, lack of assertiveness, not being able to say no to new work that comes your way. And sometimes we can't say no, but then part of the assertiveness piece would also be asking for clarity around prioritization. Then the work-related ones are all around having unfinished tasks, a busy week ahead, some people already think about different 
difficult or challenging meetings ahead. So interpersonal relationships can play into it. Another point that came up was work culture. So working in a work culture where employees have the feeling they are expected to do too much. Assertiveness in terms of having, let's say, a manager who is being perceived as not pushing back on new work that is being distributed. And that might just be a communication issue. I mean, one thing we discussed was workload is something that's not always under the control of the manager, but how is the prioritization being discussed? So that's definitely one piece. And another really interesting observation was in the focus groups is role modeling that people are saying we don't have many examples of, for example, managers role modeling good work-life balance or boundaries between work and non-work. And then you're probably less likely to give yourself permission to have the Sunday off. And can I just ask, my understanding is this is a UK-focused study, is it not? Yeah, that's absolutely right. So we definitely wanted to start within the UK context because there are so many factors, um, legislation that can play into people's work hours, which I think make it harder to really tease out what's work culture related, what's individual, what's job role related. Right. Would you agree that obviously the context is different in other countries, but the phenomena, I presume, is something that you could go to most countries in the world and it would be there in the different context, would you say? That's an interesting question. My my personal view is, um, yes, we're all working. We're all humans. We've all got ways of working, but we're all dealing with the same thing in terms of wherever you are around the world. You you know, you might have a Monday to Friday pattern. You might have that feeling on on the set. You might have to travel. You might not have to. Yes, there's cultural differences. Yes, there's different ways of working. But, you know, I'm a real believer at the end of the day, we are all humans. And we've got that human sometimes concern around that Sunday night would be my hunch. Yeah, I raised the question because I understand in I think it's in France, there's legislation at the moment around sending emails at weekends, which brings us on to kind of practically what can we do to change it? And I think it would be great to look at both as individuals, if you're listening to this at this early stage of the research, what are some practical things that you can do to help overcome this problem? In addition to that, it would be great to hear whether you've got some practical recommendations for organisations, say, in the HR and leadership teams on what they can do. So perhaps we could start on the individual side. What would you say some of the practical things people listening to this podcast can start to do to help? Practical tips involve planning some positive activities for your Sunday night. Some suggestions include physical activity. And a really big point here is making that very intentional. So planning something for a Sunday evening instead of thinking that you have to already either mentally or actually very practically engage with work. Sort of Sunday night, the weekend's over, you've got to start again kind of thing. Yeah, really, maybe thinking about your weekend more holistically. So if you have to do, and most of us, of course, have also non-work related admin and unpleasant things to do, think about your whole weekend and when can you do them? Does it have to be bunched up into your Sunday night? Then one recommendation that came through talking to our interviewees was also talking with others and planning social activities. So one big takeaway here is what is it that works for you? One big recommendation is not to start working on a Sunday night, not to check emails, but some very busy employees said, okay, um, I prefer to do some 
work on a Sunday. Otherwise, I don't feel on top of things on Monday. And that's a bit of a double-edged sword because then, of course, you start thinking about work. So the recommendation there is if you must work on a Sunday, you must be quite disciplined and time box it. So set aside a couple of hours and be really strict with yourself. I'm just wondering, Toby, I can imagine what the next question you may be asking, but just to sort of why I says link the two, I think the other thing, Ilka, that came out was if you can try and plan something that's going to be exciting for you on Monday, like what is that interaction or that project or that person, if, you know, if you're able to, that you've got something to look forward to, because some of the research came out with, if you've got a very tricky meeting or something that you're not looking forward to, that can sometimes, the Sunday night blues can be a little bit worse for you. But I'm wondering if you're then transitioning into, so as managers and leaders, what can we be doing as well? Because I've certainly been thinking about this as we've gone through the research. And I think to Ilka's point, this is very personal I, I would say as a leader and a manager having a conversation with your team about when's the first, when's the best time to have that team meeting is it nine o'clock on Monday morning maybe for some people it is but actually um, I know my team says I don't want to have a meeting with you Kirsten at nine o'clock on Monday I need some time to work through so I'm ready for the week so we have our meetings in the afternoon but we've had that conversation and I think the other thing is being very mindful we've talked about emails quite a bit here so just being mindful as a manager and leader, do you really need to send those emails over the weekends? You might get it off your desk, but that goes somewhere else. Do you hold them and then they send them Monday morning? Again, I think the important thing out of this is having the conversation about how do people want to work? Maybe they do want to see those emails on uh, Sunday night, but typically I think people prefer Monday morning. But Paul, you might have other thoughts. No, I would agree with that 100%. And with the technology, even if you want to work on a Sunday night, you can just set your emails to go on a Monday, to arrive on a Monday afternoon, unless they absolutely have to be there on a Monday morning. So there's no reason really to bombard people with emails over the weekend. It's just It just needs a little bit of thought about the other person and the impact that you as a manager is having on the other person and make some slight adjustments could make the world a difference to your employees. Yeah, and that can start on the Friday, actually, as we also discussed, yeah. you know, clearing your virtual desk and also thinking about when you have ticked off that item, your to-do list, don't dump it on someone else's virtual desk because that might make their weekend miserable, especially if you set that deadlines to finish something mm -hmm. by Monday lunchtime. It sounds like there's something very strong there about being at what well, as, as a leader or if you're in a position of authority, being very mindful about the effect you have on people. I remember from personal experience from an old employee Friday night and the manager basically said, isn't this brilliant that everyone's working at seven o'clock on a Friday? Well, actually, everyone thought it was absolutely dreadful. So I guess, you know, as a leader, you very much set the tone. With that in mind, have you noticed any differences between industry sectors at all? Is that something part of your research where, you know, obviously in different sectors, there are sometimes different cultures? We haven't been able to dissect the data in that sort of detail. I think for that, we need more data. But one thing that came through at this stage is there is a difference in whether you are in a job that's quite reactive or not. Because in some jobs, you, you, you simply have to respond very quickly on a Monday morning. And then it might be more difficult to have a Monday morning free. And I think going back then to Kirsten's point, it's then all about communication. What does the your manager expect and if you have to check in on a Monday morning how do you even make that check-in a slightly more positive experience? Indeed so where you are on the research what are the next stages of the project? 
in terms of the next steps, we want to really see how can we delve deeper into what's the impact on your work behaviors um, and on your Monday. And then we are also working towards really practical tips, which are part of, will be, well, part of the toolbox where we offer support and tools for employees, for managers, HR directors, actually going as far as CEOs to make work a better place. And that's ongoing. I mean, we have got some high level timelines. It's a longer term process in that we want to offer something short term to help people immediately. But because you need to tackle the problem at so many different levels, the employee, the manager, the whole culture, this is a long term piece. That seems a great point to close on because it is something that if you can get right, it will benefit everyone. I'd just like to say thank you to all three of you for joining us on the podcast today. It's uh, It sounds a fascinating piece of research and hopefully will give people some very practical tips in the future. So thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you.